How's it going? Welcome to Dirty Real Estate Show, where we provide bite-sized actionable tips and hacks along with interviews of industry experts to help you elevate your land investment journey. My name is Eric Cole. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Marshall. Let's go. All right. What's going on, Mike? Nothing much, man. Is here, hanging out. Holding it down. Living the life. That's right. That's right. Doing good, man. What do you got going on today? Nothing much. Just working. Um, talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about today? We are talking about, will high interest rate kill your land business? Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. yeah. It's like the big, uh, the big elephant or whatever in the room. I mean, everybody's been talking about this and I, I keep getting questions from people about this for sure. You know, um, in terms of like what my thoughts are, um, you know, in terms of land, in terms of the things that I help out people with, but um, what's, what is it? It's your opinion or what are you hearing? Yeah. I mean, I get, I get asked a lot too from like, you know, my buddies who are in like all these different areas of investments, you know, mainly real estate, um, you know, they, and I listen to a lot of smart people too. And it, it's like, it goes both ways. Like it's crazy. Um, my opinion though, I think, I don't think it's going to kill your land business because look at it. Like if you look back in history, right. It's still a lot lower than yeah. years ago. Right. Right. It was in the eighties. It was like at 14, 15. Yeah. 15. Yeah. So now I, you know what I mean? I think there's still a lot of, uh, it's, it's still okay. Like it's not, I think people are like shocked because like they're used to like the two and a half percent, three percent, right? Before, but I don't think it's gonna affect like that much on the land business because first of all, people don't really people don't really buy profit like land Mm -hmm. on a mortgage or loan, right? Right. Usually, just kind of pay cash for it or sell it for cash, and so. You know, if you do the seller finance side of things, like if you purchase a piece of property and you do seller finance and you lend out, you know, to the new buyer, then you might be able to charge a little bit higher interest rate. So it kind of balances off, in my opinion. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good point. I mean, I think in part it kind of depends on like, you know, who you think your target buyer is ultimately too, you know, I mean, it's a different scenario if you're selling to a recreational buyer versus if you're selling to somebody that's building a house or a home builder. You know, um, I could speak a little bit from like the, that side of the equation in that I, I think that, you know, it's not going to kill the land business. Things are certainly going to change. You know, you're going to see um, affordability is going to be affected, obviously. But there's still like this underlying, you know, housing shortage that exists throughout the country. And that housing shortage is really going to put builders in a place where they're still going to build you know, they're going to still be out there trying to meet that demand. And so in order to do that, they need land from people like us to be able to do that. What's going to change likely is going to be the type of product that they build. You know, it's not necessarily going to be estate lots or even single family subdivisions, but it might be condos. It might be multifamily, or I'm even, you know, working on a deal right now that's, you know, um, like a, a modular multifamily project, you know, which is an interesting thing. And so, Things that are more affordable is my point, whether it be affordable for the end buyer or affordable for the um, builder to build, it's going to be things moving in that direction. And so because of that, you know, there still is that demand. And so I don't think that kills the land business. I think it shifts. I think there's certain best practices that everybody should be looking at moving forward. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, it's it's not going to kill the business, but you do need to pivot if if it's needed, right? So, right. for example, going back to that, that scenario, like, if if you're selling, if the end user is a builder, like a res, like a home builder or whatever, you know, they're going to start, instead of building this, like, they're going to start building more, like, entry-level homes, or maybe they even scale down the, the, the cost, right, to make right. it a little bit more affordable. Um, therefore, what that means is, like, it gets kind of transferred to you, right? Like, they probably want to buy the land cheaper. Yeah. Right? And right. so it will cut into your profit margin if you don't adjust your offer price. So, yeah. like, that kind of things you need to kind of be aware of. Um, sure. So, you know, but it does affect everybody. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think it does, you know, and, and what I've been telling people is that, you know, if you still look at buying right, you know, you know, maybe you're going to be trying to buy a little bit lower, it depends a little bit on what your strategy, though, is too, is ultimately overall as a business, but looking at what you're buying, doing your due diligence, double doing your due diligence is going to be huge to make sure you're not stuck with something that can't be moved. You know, but then also have multiple exit strategies too, you know. So in the realm of what I do with people that I work with in terms of adding value, let's just take a subdivision, for example. That subdivision might be plan A, but I want to make sure that I buy that property at a place where I can actually still flip it, even if the market starts to drop, and I'll at least won't lose money. So I have an exit point in plan B. Maybe plan C is an seller financing. Maybe plan D is I'm going to find a place to lease it out to somebody. Whatever it happens to be, try to have multiple exit strategies in mind so that way you're not stuck with just some one-trick pony. You know? Yeah, that's so important. I mean, as the interest rate get higher, you know, people, the economy, you know, is shifting. You know, they're saying that it could be, you know, a recession now or it could be worse or whatever the case is. You just need to be flexible and be able to pivot. And, you know, there's a saying, you know, you make your money when you purchase the real estate, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, for me, I am adjusting my offer price, right? A little bit lower just to kind of safeguard myself. And, you know, I, I'm going to analyze, I'm going to analyze deals much more, like kind of like what you what you saying like do more to do it just like really focus more you know being yeah. lazy about it right <laughs> and then and then really cherry pick the best properties out there you know yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i mean those things like it's weird like it, i'm just kind of speaking for myself those things should be a standard for your land investment business but you know let's be honest you know we're we get lazy sometimes you know we do that's ah, okay yeah. whatever right but right. i think now like we really need to be honest with ourselves and like really look at those things, those criteria. Buy like really underwrite the property good, you know, get the correct comps, understand your local market or the markets that you're investing in mm-hmm. and just buy the best deals, like buy good properties, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree with your point that this should be what you're doing as part of your business anyway. If you're not, you need to be. If you have been... <laughs> yeah. If you have been, then it it's kind of like a little tightening of the belt, you know, kind of like, you know, get your chops back in order, you know, and, and really start to focus on some of those things. And, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that there's always going to be opportunity out there, whatever you're at, you know, and it's never a situation where it's easy to buy and easy to sell. It's going to be one or the other, right? It may be easy to buy and harder to sell or vice versa. So that'll always be the case. 
Um, so I also think though, too, that you're going to be looking at a time of transition of some sort. Sure. You know? And so that transition to whatever, like that new normal will be is maybe, I don't know, six, 12 months, yeah. whatever happens to be out. But once, you know, land investors make it through that and any investor makes it through that transitional period, then hopefully everybody will find their own place where they've settled in. Yeah. So it's not forever is my point. Yeah. And I, I started to see this too. Like, you know, there's a lot of people with money out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot. Like, and, you know, as the economy softens, right? Like, or whatever, however you want to call it. Um, I think people, this is what I think. I, I, this is my opinion. I, I think people might panic a little bit, right? They want to uh, stop the spending or like maybe they inherited a piece of property or they bought it a while back. I don't want it. I just want to have some cash, right? Yeah. So you you find those and, and talking about opportunity, those are opportunities, right? Right. And so you might we might find that people are sellers are more willing to sell because of that reason. And so, but then when you buy it, you gotta buy it at a point where kind of adjust your offer a little bit to kind of offset your risk, right? When yeah. you buy. And so my point is you might have more opportunities if you were selling the properties, right? Yeah. And then when you buy it, you know, you just if you if you list it with a broker or whatever at a correct price, a little bit below the market value, whatever it is, the property will sell because there are a lot of people out there with money that will buy, that will invest still. Like you'd be surprised. Like I learned that, like when I realized that, it's like, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I, I was thinking too, like, I think that we all need to be like stewards of our own mind, you know, like we need to be conscious of what we're feeding ourselves you know, and we don't intentionally yeah. go out and, and like, say, I'm going to feed myself this or that, but you, maybe we need to be a little bit more intentional in terms of the, the sources that we go to the sources that we trust, you know, and yeah. as you're reading things that are out there, you know, and listening to stuff, really see if it makes sense. Does it resonate with you? Is it based in fundamentals that, that, like I said, makes sense to you, or is it stuff that seems really um, fear-based or, or whatever it happens to be? So I would just encourage you to find like resources and, and people to listen to that are um, that that makes sense to you and that are speaking wisdom, you know. And yeah. so um, I know Eric and I both have those kind of people, and maybe that's a topic of another episode coming up where we could share some of those examples. But be really, really conscious of what you feed yourself, especially during this time. No, for sure, especially nowadays, you know, with you know with different media outlets and stuff like that, you really need to like digest the information and and just kind of almost use common sense right and analyze your own and come up with your own you know answer to things i mean that's at least that's that's what i have to do i feel like yeah. <laughs> there's just so no, much noise out there you know and sometimes yeah. you get caught with all these different things and like, i mean it happens to all of us but mm -hmm. a point is you know just just use common sense and to kind of circle back around to this, your land investment uh, business is a business, right? Yeah. You know, I think it kind of circled back to that. And most people that we know, uh, especially in the earlier stage, you know, they, they treat this as a hobby. Yeah. And so my point is, you know, you, you got to be able to pivot. You got to be able to, you got to be flexible. You know what I mean? If the market changes, you need to adjust. And that's right. the beauty about us small business owners. We're flexible compared to big dog, big companies. Yeah. 
we're able to like, you know what? Let's just switch turn off the marketing. Let's not doing that. You know, let's just don't go in the market. Let's go somewhere else because it's hotter there or whatever it is. You can do that overnight, you know? Yeah, and right. so we're flexible and we're able to, and then that's one of the benefit, one of the advantage we have, you know, we're, we're able to adjust and adapt quickly. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. You know? And yeah. so if you can do that, then it doesn't matter what the economy is. In my yeah. Because I, I know investors that will buy when the market was tanking, you know, they'll buy every single mar- every market cycles. You just have to buy it right. Yeah, right. There's opportunities at every point in the exactly. cycle. Very true. Exactly. Very, very true. So I think we cover everything that we wanted yeah. to talk yeah, about. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. All right. Take care, guys. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, There's a lot of value in this and I hope you can take these actionable items and apply to your real estate land investment business. Uh, If you feel like we brought some value to you, please leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This will allow the algorithm to kind of push a podcast up higher and get more reach so that we can help more people. And also share with your friends, you know, your investor friends or whoever are kind of in that investing space. Uh, Until next time, have a good one.